So bad last week after all that verbal abuse. That the billboard's went, going up? I went and bought you a present. I did. Look. Look uh, what you get. Diva to Diva on the Go Cups. Aw. Oh, come on. Act excited. Go ahead. Look at, the, oh, look at her. Look at She's like she's like appraising it. Oh, she's that like, was a dollar. <laughs> so is my name on the thing or no? <laughs> I thought it was we the don't, billboard. We don't have that yet. We're working. We have a marketing uh, person here today. Maybe we can talk about oh, billboards. Oh yeah, that's true. Okay. See how we can get your name. Okay, I'll calm down outside. for a minute. Okay, I'll calm down with for your oh. naked with your naked photo. And you're welcome for yeah. the cups, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, no <laughs> I problem. I said thank you. No, you didn't. You I did too. And, and you were talking. No, you sat there and looked at it like it okay. was cheap. It is cheap. But <laughs> was the thought that counts? They're disposable. <laughs> but it is. It is. Oh, are they disposable? It is the thought that counts. And I am a diva, and I do go a lot. I know. So you know what. We are going to make that change soon. Make that change. There you go. So speaking of that, did you watch the Grammys? Of course I did. Mm -hmm. Um, I said I wasn't going to watch, but I ended up watching the whole thing. Because I never like them. After I finished watching it, it's like, why did I sit here? Really? That's time I can never get back. Why? (laughs) It just, you know, wasn't. Yeah, why don't good. you like them? I like Cardi B and um, I like Cardi B and um, uh, what's his name? Bruno Mars. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I, I love them. So I'm so excited. Oh man, oh, it was, was so great. Great. it was so good. That was, it was good. so good. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, Cardi B. You know, they asked her if she was oh, nervous. Yeah, I heard and about she that. says, she says, yes, I, I'm, I'm so nervous. I have butterflies in my stomach and in my vagina. I know, <laughs> I know. So All right, I Cardi. Do like so it. my so question crazy. to you is: Oh, we're not gonna go there. Have you ever had but no? <laughs> Weren't we just talking about uh, that a breast sex thighs or because that's a different conversation right, right. that we're about to have? Yeah. And we're right. having that one today. There. My moms yeah. are in the room, so I'd yeah. rather not say. Yeah, don't we go. Don't need to. I wasn't going to go. There. <laughs> we don't need to know. And I, it just made me go. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, I so. did see. Um, 
Miley Cyrus and Elton John, which oh, I thought was really cool. Yeah, that yeah. was cool. And he's retiring. <gasps> I know. And, and she didn't lick her tongue out or have a foam finger. Or no, she's you know all what? Grown I loved, up now. She's no, I, I'm a true Miley fan, and I've stayed loyal. A loyal I'm Miley fan. I'm a true fan. Miley fan, too. Yeah, I've yes. stayed loyal through all the craziness, but I loved when she first kind of went through her like craziness Elton yeah. John came to her defense he when everyone did. was bashing her and throwing her under the bus he said no she's doing exactly what she needs to be doing right now and like he totally came to her defense and I thought that was so cool when I saw it and just yeah. that now they've come you know she's kind of come for full circle and right you know I think all those Disney kids have to do that they have to kind of go off the rails all of the kids stars have to go off the rails to become an adult but, and but be if taken you think seriously. about it it's not just Disney kids it's kids in general yeah. you guys all kids- went off the deep end. Well, that's all the thing, though. It's so different to no be comment. in the... <laughs> no comment. No comment. It's so different to be in the spotlight. And so, you know... So yeah, well, of course. I but... was so... I was very defensive of Miley. Well, yeah. She went through I'm not, a, just I'm not a Miley were... fan, but, you know... I love Miley. Own. And, you know, I do like Elton John. Mm-hmm. And um, it was it was, it was was nice. Yeah. But, uh, he's going to retire. Yeah. yeah, he's got a three-year tour which i thought yeah. was kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. wow yeah boy those tickets are going to be a pretty penny yeah they are mm-hmm. when when um is the tour starting or is it i, I think it starts this year but i'm not 100 percent sure really yeah boy that would be a great show yeah you know speaking of miley cyrus she was signed to wasn't it hollywood studios the recording know. company at disney i think That's so who, the same company she that Grace Potter was signed to, right? Oh, you mean when she was signed? When she first got signed? Or? Yeah. Oh. yeah. I don't know. I don't oh, remember. Okay. That's who Grace Potter mm-hmm. is or yeah. was. So our guest here might have some insights, oh, yeah. too, because oh, okay. he was part of that. But before but, we get on to that, we mm-hmm. have a little trivia. Oh, okay. yeah, because we get the Super Bowl. Yes. Yeah. JT's performing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We told you just five minutes. I know. <laughs> I couldn't remember who it was. For you some reason, I thought it was, it was Bruno Mars, but I know he performed just a few years ago, so I was like, yeah. well, but... I only watch. We're going to do a little that. fun trivia, but um, I'm I don't have my hopes up for this only because when I suggested we do a trivia, Nora said, "Well, why don't we wait till it's a little closer to the Super Bowl?" <laughs> yeah, I, I did said, say that. Um, it's Sunday. Yeah, I, I didn't know it was close. Sunday well, either. It, it's just when, because when it's Super because Bowl it is. went by so fast. That's all. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, it's like hey, okay. but I don't care. I don't watch it. I don't care nothing about the Super Bowl. But I do like the commercials. The commercials are hilarious, but sometimes they're not. You might have one that stands out, and then some of them are like you kind of look. And What's go, been your favorite commercial? Um. Oh, I like the Snicker one with Betty White. Oh, you don't know. You don't watch. No. She doesn't even. I watch remember TV. only one or, commercial with the Super Bowl. And it was M and M's. Oh they used yeah. M&M's yeah, I remember. Back that. in when was that? That was a while ago. Yeah, that was, it was a, a long time. Well, ago. I can see. I'm yeah. Chrysler. And, the and, Chrysler commercial. And and if it's if it's music, I can understand you remember that was that. such a great but commercial. You don't even look at commercials no. or anything. Nope. So Mm-mm. you. It's when I get up and fill my glass of wine. <laughs> commercial, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, which they're like every five minutes. Yeah. So. That's why I'm have, drinking thought, all day long. I thought you had that dispenser by the couch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she wears. Yeah, I was gonna say she wears the okay. hat. All right, listen. Okay, this is for all of you guys. Which halftime act got more viewers than the actual game? Was it Madonna, Bruno Mars, Paul McCartney, or Katy Perry? Ooh, I want to say Katy Perry. Oh, I was going to say Bruno Mars. Bruno. Jess. I say Bruno. 
Wrong. Katy Perry. Was it really? Yeah. 118 million views. I remember that. And I remember how does she have more fans than Bruno Mars? I don't know. I like Katy Perry. Me too, but that's Bruno Mars. Right. Well, there's no competition. I don't even remember her performance. But he wasn't really. Really? Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, I don't remember. She has a lot of followers, I know. Yeah, she does. No, so it was her. Okay. The trophy that they win is called the Tom Brady, the Giselle, or the Vince Lombardi. Well, I'm going to say I'm going to say definitely the Vince Lombardi. Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I got to I was thinking it could be Giselle. Yeah, isn't she kind I was going to say Giselle. <laughs> yeah. She's a trophy. Well, she will probably resent that. Yeah. but yeah. Okay, the very first African-American to sing during the halftime, African-American woman to sing during the halftime show was... Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston. I didn't say the national anthem. I said to sing during the halftime show. Uh, Was it Aretha Franklin, Billie Holiday, uh, Ella Fitzgerald, or Janet Jackson? Janet, what? Halftime show? Mm -hmm. I'm going to say it's either between Janet Jackson or... Aretha Franklin. Janet Jackson. Wrong. It was Ella Fitzgerald in 1972. Mm. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Ella. But speaking of Janet Jackson, the... um, She she made history with Justin Timberlake Uh during... The nip slip. uh, The 2004 (laughs) Super Bowl. And what was that called? What did they call it? The nip slip? Close. Tit slip. (laughs) <laughs> nipple gate oh you're right that's right that's nipple right gate. okay you guys will definitely i don't like the i don't like the word nipple i know i don't know i like breastuses breastuses <laughs> yes yeah. nothing I'm, I'm gonna tell I like boobs and tatas about Tata. the body like there's no words that like gross me out like mm-hmm. really titty booby mm-hmm. vagina See, i don't like t- titty i don't like that i don't like it i either. like tatas yeah Tata. i don't Ta-ta. really care all right Anyway, okay, before it was named the Star Spangled Banner, it was called, what was the name of the song? Stars and Stripes. No, wait. Oh, I should know this. Yeah, you should. Yeah, you I sang it enough times. Um, wow. Hold on. Wait, Star Come Spangled on. Banner. Um, it was called, wait, is there like an A, B, C, and D option on this one? No. Mm-hmm. Star Spangled Banner. Mm-mm. Um, is it a lyric? No. Mm-mm. What? I the, have no idea. I don't know. It's called the Defense of Fort McHenry. I would never. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> Who would know that? Yeah. No. Yeah. Right. Right. Who the heck would know that? Yeah. Okay. One final. Okay. I know you guys are going to know this one. Who's playing on Sunday? Tom Brady and. Not to, I didn't say pick out one individual <laughs> person. The All teams. Right. New England and is it Philadelphia? I don't yeah. care. I don't care. I knew you were I, I, I think Tom okay. is going to take it home again. And, and they're going to be right. freezing. They're going to freeze their, I don't care how much padding, they're going to freeze. Why? It's in it's, Minnesota, isn't it? Because it's freezing. Yeah. It's, is it it's indoors. Is, is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought it was, yeah, because some of the stadiums okay, are outdoors, okay. wait, right? Wait, right? Wait, wait, we failed. Wait. We Never mind. We are failures. <laughs> <laughs> take that back. Right. They're not going to freeze. <laughs> Okay, when they go outside, they're going to freeze. <laughs> After that game is over, they're, gonna they're freeze. on that walk to that hotel, they're the walk to their cars. <laughs> they're going to freeze their cojones. Oh, I do. I like, I do. 
I only watch like I'm not a sports fan, but I do like the finals. Like I love the final games in any sports. Only in basketball. I don't. Like I like football. it in all the sports. Like if it's and the last like one, you know? I really you do know, just watch halftime. I, I hate I, baseball because my oh, dad no, forced us to watch it when we were growing no, up. We couldn't change awful. the channel and all that, and it was just so slow. So I finally <laughs> went to a game, like probably like six, seven, eight, nine years ago, <laughs> and they started doing the wave, and I was like, hey. Kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, oh, I, I like baseball now. You it's, too? Not on TV. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We should. The games are the games are always fun, fun yeah, to go fun. to, but no, I, yeah. baseball to me is ugh. No. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I ate. I slow. ate. We did the wave, and then I ate some more, mm-hmm. and and you know, then I met people, and it was. It was I have to be. Fun. I don't really drink. And I have to be drunk at a baseball game to have a good time. Yeah. That's when you know it's boring as hell. See, I've, I've always had this fear that I would do that and I'd throw up on somebody that's sitting down. Because <laughs> I don't drink. So. <laughs> that's been my fear. That, but I, I wanted to say fun. one what, more thing. What did you because want to say? We, um, I watched. Has anybody watched the Versace? No. Uh, oh, no, oh, I oh, my God. Is it good? Yes. That's a series, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. It's so yeah. good. It is so good. Is it? And I, I was I was thinking it was gonna be like cheesy, cheesy. Yeah. But the thing I'm not understanding, they're really as soon as it comes on, they show the murder. And then they go back from Work there. backwards. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. So the guy that actually did the murder, there it seemed like they focused more on him and that's what Donatella was kind of more upset about. Oh really? They really focused more on, on the killer. But mm-hmm. They did go back and forth. So that yeah. was yeah. a complete but, random thing, right? He didn't know him. From what the thing said, he knew him. Wow. So wait, is it a docu series or like? Is it is it like? I a, thought it was just. Is it a I drama it a or is it? Like, is it a what? What is it like exactly? It's not a documentary, right? It's, it's like a drama. It is a drama. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh huh. And and yeah, from what they showed, even on the first episode, he knew him. Wow, mm. crazy! You know, not and I, and I don't know how how intimate it was, but mm-hmm. you know, and he kind of was a little freaky. But yeah. wasn't wasn't his name like Andrew Cunanan or something? Yeah, that yeah. was his name. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So crazy. it was yeah. So if you have it's if you have ooh yeah yeah, I have to watch that. <laughs> I, I did see that. I did want to watch it. Yeah, it's really good. All right. We're about to get to our favorite segment. But before that, um, our show today is sponsored by Tom Stewart Plumbing and Drain, servicing the Metro Detroit Tri-County area from leaky faucets to major plumbing repairs. Tom Stewart Plumbing can serve all your home needs. Give them a call at 586-625-7800, or you can reach them at TomStewartPlumbing.com. And when change is the only constant, people and businesses must be built to adapt. That Moment is a new podcast about the pivot that changes everything. Moments that open doors for discovery and growth, but also bring the possibility of failure. Hear people's stories of taking risks and finding success in business and in life in the new podcast, That Moment, found wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you need great branding, but you can't afford to be a designer, you can be your own designer with Maker. Join the over 1 million who've discovered Maker for creating unique and professional-looking logos and branding materials at an affordable price. Try it out today. Friends of the podcast get a free logo with code Nooner. That's N-O-O-N-E-R. Just visit www.maker.co slash Nooner to redeem your code. That's maker, M-A-K-R dot C-O slash Nooner, N-O-O-N-E-R, and enter Nooner at checkout. This segment is designed to showcase the stories of talented individuals who had a wish and found a way to make it happen. They set goals, overcame obstacles, and turned setbacks into comebacks. Their stories are unique, interesting, and most of all, inspiring. 
Behind every famous brand is a great marketer. They are often referred to as the superheroes of the brand. So how do you create content in a brand that results in loyal customers and fans? What is the secret that creates the magic? Today, we are joined by one of those marketing superheroes, Dave Kuhnlein. He is an independent sales rep based in Detroit and has been described by his former clients as a hands-on, brand-driven marketing leader who derives profitable sales and loyalty through leading creativity within marketing teams. His passion and visionary skills have led him to be a key player behind the marketing of global companies such as Pizza Hut, LA Weight Loss, as well as Disney World, a company known for creating magical experiences. Tell, here to tell us how to build a brand, grow a fan base, or if you like to pursue a career in creating and building a brand identity, Dave Kuhnlein is here to help. Welcome to the show, Dave. Welcome to Woo! the show. Welcome, welcome. All within 40 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we want that formula before you, you leave. Go. Okay? Yeah. All right. So wait. start no, 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 wait. and now. Yeah. <laughs> right, no, welcome to the show. Uh, um, great to be here. Before we do start, I have to ask, though, um, of all the superheroes in Disney, if you could be any one of those, which one would it have been? <laughs> Good question. Uh, you know, looking back, I mean, at the classical characters, uh, I always liked Jiminy Cricket. You know, and then as Disney uh, broadened the character, uh, the character lineup, uh, my favorite is, believe it or not, Kermit, Kermit the Frog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. okay. All right. Excellent. Who would you be? Kermit. Kermit. Oh, copycatter. I would be You're Kermit. Happy. I would be Kermit. Kermit, have you seen? Kermit tells it like it is, okay? Really? <laughs> <laughs> so I identify oh. with that. Okay, there you go. <laughs> who would you be? Lady. <laughs> um, who would I be? Um, Corella DeVille. Oh. No, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wow. kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It had to be said. I'm just I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's bullshit. <laughs> I'm not She's gonna sneak that. chicken into your tofu somehow right, if you don't right. want that. Yes, actually, red meat. I'm gonna <laughs> drain the blood from the cows into oh, your tofu crap. I'm kidding. How's that? Okay. Now, who would you be? Tinkerbell. <laughs> I like she, Tinkerbell. She's no, you do magical. love fairies. Though. I do. Yeah, I, I do. I like the magical. You would. No, be, I don't need any more. Yeah, you would mm -hmm. be the um the tea, Is it the teapot? Or, or oh, Mrs. Potts. Yeah, from, yeah. Off of Beauty and the Beast. That that's you. Why? Why? Why am I the teapot? Because she takes care like, of everybody and like. Uh, see? Yeah, not she's like you. Oh, <laughs> not you. Pour that hot tea me. on your lap. <laughs> Who would you be? Cinderella. <sighs> no, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be a princess. I'd probably be like. I don't Peter know. Pan. I like, yeah, she, I would You know be what? Peter you Pan. would be Peter yeah, Pan. She that would be I would never go up if I didn't have yeah. to. Yeah, you have it. <laughs> and I'd be flying around. <laughs> yeah. It's all. You know, Rocky, I could see you as like <laughs> Belle in one of the shows. You know? I do like yeah. Belle. Yeah. I did watch. Yeah. Um, I could see you. Were, I watched the. the when you were younger. I watched uh, Beauty and the Beast with uh, Emma Watson. Not oh, okay. I, oh, I didn't yeah. see it in theaters, but it was on yeah. like HBO or something, yeah. and I watched it finally, and it was so good. All like, right, well, now we're back right, to yeah, the real get, world instead of this <laughs> fantasy world where we can be a prince or princess uh, or whatever. Okay. I know. All right. All right. Anyway, um, well, before we get into everything you have done and seriously talk about branding and marketing, the differences and how it works, um, tell us exactly what you're doing right now. 
Well, uh, I just relocated back to Detroit. So I'm at, actually at a turning point in my life. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's something I'm really excited about. My entire career, uh, I've been doing marketing and I've worked for some, you know, large national brands, in fact, international brands. And uh, I recently was working for a large retailer out on the East Coast called Sleepy's. And it's a Mattress mattress group, uh, you know, that owns a thousand stores up and down the eastern seaboard. Wow. So uh, it's the equivalent of like pure sleep here. Mm-hmm. Wow. And uh, uh, we were acquired, though, as a family-owned business since 1957. And as luck has it, about a year and a half uh, into my uh, job with them, uh, they were sold for $780 million wow. to a company called Mattress Firm out of Texas. Wow. So unfortunately, Mattress Firm decided to move the work to Houston at their corporate headquarters, but didn't move any people or mm-hmm. keep anything going. So here I was job hunting and I decided, you know what? It's time. My sons are in college, both of them. And uh, I decided I was going to come back home to Michigan. Uh, I've always had a warm spot in my heart for Michigan. I've got a lot of family still here. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to be able to come back home. My mom turns 90 in, oh, uh, wow. in March. Uh, so Happy birthday. Yeah, Happy birthday. she's Happy. doing really well. Yeah, she's got great. a great deal of energy and energy that I could be envious of. <laughs> and uh, so it's great to be back uh, home and spend some time with the family and everything. Oh, so, well, yeah. and it's probably perfect timing too, especially – you know, heavy marketing as a background to be back home it in is. Detroit. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very exciting. So, yeah. Such a growth, so yes, much growth. Everything and, is no coming, doubt. It's all coming yeah. back. What, so what exactly does somebody in marketing do? Like, what's your main well, uh, mission? For the most part, you are uh, in marketing has become broader and broader. Um, it used to be, okay, you were either, you know, on the advertising media side, uh, or you were on like the promotions PR side. Nowadays, it's heavy, heavy analytics, uh, and you've mm-hmm. got the creative side that develops, whether it's website development, social media, that type of thing. But um, uh, when you look back on it, uh, you know, there are so many different things. I grew up uh, working for Walt Disney World Marketing. I spent 15 years there. And if you think about it, like Disney started in the film business. So the thing about movies, it's all based off of publicity and promotion. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just buying ads like you see nowadays, you know, you, you know, uh, whether it's a, a YouTube placement or you see, uh, commercials on television. What it was was really more so about whining and dining the news media, uh, you know, the film critics Mm -hmm. to get them excited to be able to talk about your product. To give you an example, um, when I started with Disney, it was uh, uh, in marketing, it was one month before Epcot opened. And when Epcot opened, uh, here it was a billion dollar project, which in construction terms, it would probably be three to four billion now to build the same theme park. So Disney invested a billion dollars in that project. And when it came to opening, we had only spent $300,000 in advertising. And that was it. Wow. Everything else was geared to publicity and promotion. And that was working with the travel trade media, working with um, all of the um, travel and tourism uh, news media, uh, all the – the film critics, uh, you know, that we've had relationships with to come in and be a part of it, technology folks. 
in, from all around the world. And the whole idea was getting them excited about this project. It took three years to build. And uh, we did a lot of neat things uh, to tie in, uh, you know, international, uh, ex- you know, international exposure. Uh, you know, one of the things we had relationships with all these big companies we called participants and they would pay a fee to associate their name with ours. So what we would end up doing, um, we would utilize their media dollars, you know, whether it was American Express, Coca-Cola and so forth to be able to promote their relationship with Disney. So one of the cool things I remember, you know, we had a a partnership with uh, British Airways and Air France and uh, both of them were flying Concords at that time. So we decided let's go ahead and coordinate a simultaneous landing of two Concords on separate runways uh, at the exact same time at the Orlando airport. And it was really cool seeing, you know, not only one Concord, but seeing the two of them land together and they were full of uh, international media coming in to cover Epcot's grand opening. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah, those types of things. Well, how did you get in with Disney? Because I, I can't imagine that that's a, an easy thing to do. I think yeah. everybody would love to work for Disney. Yeah. 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 So how did that happen? It's, Jackie, it's a great question and uh, a, a great in- answer because, you know, I always tell my boys, you never know how things come together. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll never forget, I had a professor at college that said, if you want to get good at you know interviewing, try to get as much experience as you can. So um, no sooner than he said that, I saw a uh, bulletin board on campus that said that Disney was coming to campus to interview. And, uh, you know, I just assumed, okay, they're looking for people to work the summers mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I'll be scooping ice cream yeah. or <laughs> sweeping the street on Main Street or something mm-hmm. like that. And I really wasn't excited about that at that point. Uh, but I said, I'm going to take the interview. So I signed up for it. And when I interviewed with Disney, they said, Oh, no, no, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to put you in the theme park. If you're interested, we'll put you at working at one of the front desks of the resorts. So I actually was hired on and I started at the front desk of the Disney Village. Uh, resort, which uh, at the time had villas and so forth, and it later became Pleasure Island and Downtown Disney, that whole area. And wow. uh, so, um, but that's where I started, just as a summer job. Now mm-hmm. I went to school down in Central Florida, uh, Weber International University, and uh, so after I graduated, um, I had decided to interview to get on with Disney on a, in a full time capacity. At the time, you know, uh, in fact, I share this story as well. My roommate and I during college back then, you know, email didn't exist. So you would have to type up letters to all the companies you were interviewing for, attach your resume. And back then, companies actually responded on their letterhead saying thanks, but no. Right. <laughs> you know, thanks, but no is yeah. still yeah. still standard, but yeah. uh, how it's delivered yeah. is different. Right. So my roommate, uh, Marty, and I, we had a, a kick out of uh, being able to thumbtack each of our rejection letters around the border of our dorm room. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so, oh, wow. yeah, by the time graduation date rolled around, uh, we pretty much had uh, the room covered. But, so, uh, nice so wallpaper. So well, this, this is interesting uh-huh. in this point right here that didn't discourage you no no mm-hmm. and it was a tough time you know with the economic environment back then uh and sure i could have landed a job you know at the time selling copiers or something like that but it didn't excite me so i decided i was going to stay on with disney doing what i uh you know working at the front desk and uh 
convinced my mom that it was a good idea just to stick mm-hmm. around. I said, you know, Epcot's going to open up uh, October 1 of that year. Uh, here it is, May. Let me see if there's not an opportunity with Disney. There could be an opportunity with some of the participant companies that were there. With intention, I might be able to get a job, an entry-level position. Uh, so I uh, started interviewing with Disney Marketing. There was an entry-level position, which were very rare to come by. And I interviewed all summer long. Uh, I had a total of 11 interviews. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, they weren't playing, huh? No, no. <laughs> no. In, in fact, I look back on it. And I remember I had an, uh, a Volkswagen. Uh, and, of course, a Volkswagen doesn't have air conditioning or certainly didn't back then, the mm-hmm. uh, uh, Volkswagen Bug. And having one in Central Florida was no help. <laughs> Especially for interviews. Right, right. So I remember here I was, uh, 21 years old, and I pulled into the parking lot, and uh, I went through my routine. I got out of the car. I reached for a towel in the back seat. I opened up my shirt and dried myself off. <laughs> You know, t- uh, uh, tightened up my tie and went in for the interview. This is the first interview I had with them. And I got up uh, to the third floor and I realized that the entire building is glass. And everybody was probably looking out in the parking lot, seeing me go through my routine. But, uh, well, you could have took your pants off. Too. <laughs> Nor I knew better on that. Yeah. So, but uh, so I went through the whole process. It was probably you know five days of interviewing, but a total of eleven people. And wow. uh, when I first started, I started in a, an area called marketing planning, and it was everything from just you know working out the budgets uh, for the entire division. Uh, also developing special projects and, you know, even planning the Christmas party or a going away party or, uh, if somebody was, uh, promoted, we'd have a big party for them. So a lot of crazy stuff like that. Uh, but, uh, you know, it gave me exposure to the entire property. And, uh, one of my first projects I worked on was developing the Walt Disney World gift certificate. And, uh, for uh, for Rocky here, a gift certificate mm-hmm. used to be before a gift card. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. Right, right, I don't, right, exactly. I don't, what? <laughs> but uh, explain that a little deeper for me. It, it it was something that we wanted that could a a, a guest could purchase, mm-hmm. uh, give as a gift, and it could be used for anything from food and beverage to merchandise to tickets or even uh, well, do, a hotel stay. Do you stay. think that that Disney was one of the first? Companies to do that? No, no. Gift certificates have been around, but primarily for retailers. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, even the restaurants didn't really have gift certificates Mm -hmm. back then. Mm -hmm. But it was, you know, okay, you know, uh, Hudson's gift certificate or, you know, Mm -hmm. Jacobson's or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, um, Uh, but what was in- really interesting uh, about the Disney gift certificate, uh, it, you know, it was just a matter of connecting the dots, making sure that operationally all areas of Walt Disney World could accept it. Mm-hmm. What we didn't plan on is that there were people that were such fanatics about collecting Disney mm-hmm. memorabilia oh, <gasps> okay. that they would actually buy it and not and redeem never it. use it. Yep. Right, right. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Every yeah. company's yeah. right. <laughs> exactly. We, we I mean, fanatics like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was like printing money. Um, and eventually that idea evolved to what we call Disney dollars, uh, which was used in all the theme parks around the world. 
and uh, they had special issues, mm-hmm. you know, and so forth. And uh, it became a much larger program. Uh, but uh, initially, I developed the uh, the gift certificate program. Wow! Well. wow. So, so you were with um, Disney for fifteen years. Yeah, a, a, a total of fifteen years in marketing. Uh, I spent two years uh, working at the front desk uh, before I graduated. And, mm-hmm. and so, how did your career evolve then? Uh, well, it's interesting because you take, uh, you have to take some risk. And, uh, you know, just because I had my foot in the door with Disney didn't mean it was going to be, you know, just skyrocket, you know, and just continue moving up the ranks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I worked in marketing planning for about two years or so. And then I moved into an area called special markets, special events. And this is a, an interesting area because our job, you know, a lot of people think, Oh, Disney, it's so crowded. But um, our job in marketing was trying to increase attendance, and uh, we instead of trying to increase attendance during the peak periods, we would develop programs that would actually uh, drive attendance during the off-peak periods. Mm-hmm. So pretty much when the kids were in school, those were our slower periods. And then there were some areas like uh, between uh, Christmas, I'm sorry, Thanksgiving and Christmas that were really slow. So we would develop programs like targeting Florida residents during January, May and September. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, nowadays you see, you know, things like the Epcot uh, Food Festival, which uh, takes Mm -hmm. place. And that was originally developed to be able to shore up attendance during a slower period. Um, I know when I was brand manager of Disney Hollywood Studios, uh, we developed uh, a real solid uh, holiday program uh, that ran uh, from mid-November through uh, the second week of January uh, with the Osborne Family Spectacle of Lights. And this, oh, wow. <laughs> this was a really cool program. Cool. Yeah, I, I, um, this, I don't know if you recall, but years ago, there was a family down in Little Rock, Arkansas. Jennings and Mitzi Osborne and their daughter uh, named Breezy. And uh, uh, they Jennings wanted to put up some Christmas lights for his daughter. So he put up some lights and she just loved it. And he was a very successful businessman. And he she loved the light so much that the next year he doubled it and then he doubled it again. Well, he decided that his display was drawing so much attention and his daughter loved it so much that he wanted to have more people appreciate it. So he decided to buy the two homes on either side of them so he could decorate wow. those. Wow. <laughs> so to get right to the point, uh, it ended up being such a large display that, you know, the uh, even jets flying into Little Rock could see it from above and people would drive from all over and the neighbors in the immediate area started complaining because during the month of December, they couldn't get to their mm-hmm. homes because traffic was backed up so much. So believe it or not, they took him to court, and it was elevated all the way to the Supreme Court of Arkansas. Wow! And the Arkansas, the the Supreme Court of Arkansas said you have to scale back your display ninety percent. So by doing so, uh, it made national news, and he was on the morning shows and USA Today and everything, and we were following it. And we said, "What a neat opportunity! Let's go meet with him and." see if he would consider bringing his lights to Disney World. So so wow. were you were you guys oh. following it because you were thinking of No, not really. It, just uh, it was just in the news, you know, yeah. like everyone, you know, here's yeah. a guy that's and just trying to, to do something right. Exactly. So um 
uh, one of our guys in entertainment named John Phelan, uh, he and I uh, and uh, a couple other people from the entertainment team flew up uh, and met with Jennings and his family during the summer and invited them to relocate their lights down to Disney Hollywood Studios. So uh, he just loved it because this was the perfect, you know, finale to his story. Oh, no mm-hmm. kidding. To say, hey, I can't show my lights here in mm-hmm. Arkansas, but look, yeah. I'm going to Disney World with him. Wow. That's so and awesome. from a PR standpoint, we staged a big event and we had a big Mayflower van there with Goofy and Mickey oh, wow. accepting the lights. And wow. so we launched it. I want to say it was in 1995. And uh, believe it or not, those lights have been up every year uh, for the holiday season season up until a uh, year before last. And that had oh. to be the last year only because uh, the Hollywood studios is now uh, preparing uh, uh, for the new Star Wars land. Is, is so they needed still, the space. Is he still wow. around? Is the family still around? Uh, the family is, is. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, Jennings, who's one of the most generous, kind hearted men I have ever met. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh, passed away probably, I'd say maybe six, seven years ago mm-hmm. and uh, left behind him this wonderful legacy, a beautiful wife, Mitzi, and their daughter, Breezy. And uh, now Breezy is married, has a child of uh, her own, and it's just fun to see the generosity that the family has and what they care for with the uh, Little Rock community. But they were huge fans mm-hmm. of Disney and believe wow. Disney has certainly Never been fans of the, them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is okay. cool really story. cool. Yeah. That is a great, wow. that's such a feel good. Feel good. Oh, yeah. that's and and uh, the lights that uh, they, uh, by the time that the display wrapped up, there were about three and a half million lights. We, wow. we had wow. people actually working on it year round down there. Um, but yet it was still the homespun uh, display mm-hmm. that was in lo- in Little Rock. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So How amazing is what, that? what, as a brand manager with Disney and you guys are, you know, having conversations on, you know, what you're going to do, the stories that you guys are going to create or look for, it, describe it. Is it like a room full of creative people or... And then, or are there, that's you know, how I see it. Is it's it like creative and, and, yeah. um, and, and also people that have to deal with, you know, be concerned about the budget when you're mm-hmm. coming up right. with things? How to, describe what it's like. Well, is it a brainstorming uh, session? In fairness, it's been a while since I've worked for Disney, but I can tell you that uh, back then it was all hands on deck. And every person that worked in marketing, you know, whether you were, uh, you know, uh, an analyst or if you were a director or vice president, everybody had to be creative. Mm. And, uh, mm. and it was something that was very special. And I, I think I'm guessing that they probably have lost that since then. But back then, like I said, everybody, uh, we were open to ideas. Uh, we would get requests saying, okay, you know, the new movie Aladdin's coming out. Uh, what can we do to promote Aladdin, you know, in each of your disciplines and some, you know, the folks from international marketing would have to figure out what they're going to do. We would work closely with entertainment, you know, and as, as far out as we can to try to say, okay, uh, we're going to do it. You know, Aladdin is perfect for a parade. So if we're going to do a parade, how do we ensure that uh, it's going to come out day and date with the movie? Because, uh, Little Mermaid and, you know, the, uh, granted, these are much older movies, but this is back when I was uh, brand manager of the Hollywood studios. So Little Mermaid, for instance, fantastic movie, but we had to play catch up with that. Okay. Mm. The movie was extremely successful. Then we're saying, okay, what can we do inside the theme park? And that's when we put together the Little Mermaid show. 
uh, but it came out probably three years after the fact. How do you guys create stuff like that, though, looking through the eyes of a child? Like, how do you mm. how do you do that? But, you know, if you think about it. Um, you We're know, all children. Exactly. Nora, <laughs> yes. that's all really children. what it is. Uh-huh. And, you know, you mm-hmm. just see it that way. And uh, it always helps. Uh, you know, I know when I first started, I was young in my 20s. You know, with no interest of being married or anything, let alone having kids. But then all of a sudden you start seeing it through the eyes of your nieces and nephews. Mm -hmm. Or then once you have your own kids, you see it differently. Yeah. Uh, But to Nora's point, we're all kids. And uh, there's a, a common thread that runs through that. And you just, you know what works and what doesn't work. Were well, you always a creative uh, person when you were a child? I mean, did you? Uh, I would say so. Yeah. I mean, you know, I always had an imagination, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. But um, uh, I knew, you know, in my early teens, I wanted to work for an ad agency. You did. That wow. was it. Yeah. And I don't know if it was watching the Bewitch. I was something. just <laughs> going to say that because I said the same thing when I used to watch that. I was like, wow, that looks like that would be so much fun right. to be in Mark that, you know, to create. Again, a- afterwards, Rocky will tell you about Bewitch. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, I, I always thought that would be fun and mm-hmm. everything. And I wanted to own my own ad agency. And, uh, you know, but the bottom line is I love the, the creativity and being able to mm-hmm. bounce ideas off of people mm-hmm. and not just do it like in a vacuum, you know, but really, you know, stimulate. OK, I always said, like, you know, when we were brainstorming with my staff, I would be willing, you know, to throw things out there. And I would say, is that a DFI? And they'd say, DFI, what is that? And I would say, dumb F and idea. <laughs> And the reason I would say that is because, you know, the staff, the, my staff would report into me and it wasn't a large staff, but at the same time, if it was a, a bad idea, let's move on. I want to get mm-hmm. to better ideas. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I didn't want them to it's say, oh, yeah. he said that, you know, we got to give him, you know, a little yeah. bit of time on that, you know, and, and that was it. And, uh, you know, I always joke that, uh, you know, I, I'm the type that will throw out 10 ideas and, you know, eight may be terrible. Mm-hmm. Two might be worth considering, you know, and yeah. every so often some one idea comes out of that. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a, a case in point when I, uh, <clears throat> let's see, in 1980, let's see, it was 1984, there, there was a reelection of when Ronald Reagan was in office. And uh, came time for his uh, inauguration parade. This is his second inauguration, and uh, everyone uh, was all planning. All the you know the marching bands from around the country were planning to go to Washington, but unfortunately, uh, the parade was frozen out. Mm. So, at the time, I knew we had an initiative going where we were trying to get uh, high school marching bands to perform in the Magic Kingdom, in Epcot. And the whole idea there was during the off-peak periods, we could get the bands to come down, perform at Disney, and, you know, the families would come along because they'd want to see their child perform, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. So it was just, again, connecting the dots. I said, you know, it's a shame that this these kids can't perform for President Reagan. So my idea was uh, let's go ahead and reenact the inaugural parade down at Disney. Wow. And I just knew that President Reagan would have to come because, Uh you know, how can he not come and see these high school kids? And uh, sure enough, that idea, uh, you know, just again, just throwing it out there uh, evolved to a huge Memorial uh, Memorial Day weekend parade that we did at Epcot. And sure enough, 
Ronald Reagan wow. was there and George Bush as vice wow. president, you know, so, and that's just a nugget of an idea. Mm-hmm. Did you have a budget at all? Wow. <laughs> yeah. I uh, you know, the, the great thing about Disney, uh, especially back then, uh, there was really no budget for a great idea. Mm-hmm. You know, if wow. you came it up with that. Wow. Right. Be, and, and that's the, that's key, the way it though, should for be. a great idea. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because mm-hmm. you, you don't want to, you know, confine the thinking. Um, another time it was a corporate, uh, program, uh, for, this is back at Mickey's, I th- believe it was Mickey's 60th birthday. And we were trying to do a Mickey Mouse Club March sing-along. And, uh, this was going to take place, uh, you know, on all the radio stations around the world, you know, uh, and, uh, I just put two and two together and I said, you know, we happen to have a space shuttle up in space at that time based off of the calendar. Let's pitch NASA on being able to wake up the astronauts to that same song that morning. So this way, it, wow. it, again, though, it, it wasn't like, oh, what a breakthrough idea. Mm-hmm. I, it, to me, it's always about connecting the dots, thinking about right. here's the initiative, Here's some other ideas that we can come up with. So to give you an idea, uh, our boss, our head of marketing uh, for Disney, I wrote it up in a memo, sent it to him, and he writes back on it. Not like a great idea, you know, three words, make it happen. Wow. And that was the challenge we all had, mm-hmm. you know. And nowadays, you know, my guess is it's probably a whole team of people. And, you know. I was going to ask you, how do you think they're doing now, you know, as far as. Uh, well, well I'll tell you what, there, there, there are a hell of a lot more toys in that sandbox uh-huh. now when, when you <laughs> yeah. think of you know, oh, right. Lucasfilm yeah. and right. uh, all the uh, Marvel, uh, right. you yeah. know, uh, almost to the point where there's so much, mm-hmm. you know, you really yeah. have to figure out what makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. What and, was your highlight with Disney in your career? Um, what were some of the highlights? Uh, you know, most memorable. I would say uh, when I was named brand manager of the Hollywood Studios, and it was the reason why. Uh, back then, Disney never had a direct competitor. Uh, you know, out in California, you had Disneyland, and then you had like SeaWorld or Knott's Berry Farm, but it wasn't a direct competitor. And then all of a sudden, in uh, 1989, we grand opened uh, Disney Hollywood Studios, and a year later, Universal Studios Orlando opened. Mm-hmm. And uh, despite them having some operational issues and everything uh, and didn't impact our attendance immediately, uh, a year later, about 1991, we did feel the impact on our attendance there. Mm -hmm. So at the time, uh, Michael Eisner, who was our chairman and CEO, uh, and my boss, uh, they wanted one person to sleep, breathe, and eat the Disney Hollywood Studios and, uh, you know, make sure that... We're well aware of everything Universal was doing and just stay on top of it and, you know, go after, be relevant. Uh, at the time, develop properties that weren't necessarily Disney's, but we could go ahead and create, bring in things that would support the brand. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the things at the time, Johnny Carson uh, was signing off and, uh, you know, we approached Johnny Carson uh, and uh, we wanted to get the Tonight Show set uh, down to the Disney Hollywood studios mm. and put it on display. Oh, wow. So there are a lot of things like that, but it's yeah. all about timeliness. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I uh, really feel passionate about. And that is uh, you've got to be, uh, what I talk about is ensuring that you're going after the perishable items. 
Okay. Perishable being like you go and buy a head of lettuce. It's good for today. It may be good for tomorrow, maybe mm. the third day. Mm-hmm. But after that, it's old lettuce. Because okay? especially with social media now, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. In and out. More more so than ever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, in fact, I'll, I'll share a great story with you about that. That's timely. Uh, this Sunday is the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And uh, back in 1986, uh, Michael Eisner's wife, Jane, had this idea. Uh, she was having lunch with the woman that was the uh, pilot of the uh, plane that flew, uh, I want to say it was uh, around the world uh, with Dick Rutan. And uh, she uh, had lunch with this woman and said, uh, you know, this is fantastic. Look what you've achieved. You've, you know, uh, you know, uh, flown around the world. What you know? What are you going to do next? You know, what's going to excite you enough to do next? And this woman said, <laughs> "I'm going to Disneyland." <laughs> wow! So Jane Eisner was so excited, she went home and, of course, told her husband, mm-hmm. "Hey, I had lunch with her, and she said that I, she wants to go to Disneyland next." Mm-hmm. So uh, next thing you know, uh, Michael's on the phone to Walt Disney World Marketing, uh, the head of marketing, and they wanted to create a campaign off of that. And the whole idea was to be able to recognize achievement. So uh, once somebody does something significant, like, you know, Rocky winning her first Grammy, you know. <laughs> right. So, to connect it to. Exactly. Uh-huh. So recognize that achievement with a trip to Disney. Disney. Wow. So back then, the first Super Bowl that uh, we ran the campaign uh, was uh, with Phil Sims, the New York Giants, in uh, 1986. And believe it or not, as many campaigns as you think have been around long enough, mm-hmm. I can't think of any campaign that's been around longer mm-hmm. than the Disney, I'm going to Disney World or I'm going to Disneyland campaign. Wow. Yeah. So um, back in 19, uh, I guess it was the uh, mid-90s, um, I was promoted from that uh, position with uh, Disney Hollywood Studios to promotions, PR and events uh, director for the whole property, the entire uh, Walt Disney World and one of the uh, projects that fell on my lap there was continuing the production of these commercials. I'm going to Disney World. And uh, the first one I worked on uh, was uh, Super Bowl out in San Diego. Mm-hmm. It was Green Bay Packers coming back for the second year in a row to play against uh, the Denver Broncos. This is John Elway's uh, – f- I guess it was – yeah, it was his uh, fourth uh, attempt to win the Super Bowl. He's never won one. And I uh, went out there a week before, uh, and uh, we got just about every player on the team to sign uh, the agreement that, hey, if if selected, you know, you'll go ahead and deliver the lines. I'm going to Disney World, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, so wow. uh, I, you know, worked with all the uh, their agents and so forth and went around and met with each of the players to have them sign this. And I had them sign it in hotel lobbies, their hotel rooms, uh, wow. poolside, wow. in the bars, now, whatever. Now, if they act, if they when they win, do they actually get to go the whole team and everybody or what? Uh, on you well, guys? <laughs> b- back then, uh, uh-huh. it, it was really about getting the the one player uh, okay. there. Okay. And uh, interesting story, interesting that you bring that up. So at any rate. The uh, first, the first one that I did back in '98 in San Diego, Denver did win, um, and John Elway was chosen. Uh, Terrell Davis was the MVP, and he had one hell of a game. Wow. The next morning, since John Elway could not go to Disney uh, because of conflicts, uh, Terrell Davis, who was the MVP, mm-hmm. I, I met him at his hotel. 
We uh, got in uh, a limo, and uh, here Terrell Davis is seated in the back of the limo. I'm sitting in that jump seat across from him, and he's reading the USA Today, and the headlines are about four inches high with it's all TD, Mm -hmm. being Terrell Davis. Mm -hmm. And uh, he just, you know, it was so cool just seeing him reading reading about himself and the success. So we went to the MVP ceremony. We had a police escort, and next thing you know, we're on a chopper flying up from San Diego to Anaheim. And, uh, you know, to be able to put Terrell Davis in the parade that day. But the key there, going back to it, is it's spontaneity. It's Mm -hmm. making sure that you're dealing with that perishable news item that, oh, my God, here's Terrell. Yeah, real quick. And it's perishable news item. And pressure, too. There's that. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, Because, like, I usually, I mean, I don't usually associate marketing with pressure. Right. Yeah, that's a There's lot a of lot pressure to yeah. stay relevant. To, yeah, yeah, to stay relevant mm-hmm. to make and sure current. everything yeah. happens in all the right and places. You, and you got to you got to oh, be yeah. quick on your feet. And I you, can tell you, yeah, you yeah, are. The, I'm like, wow. <laughs> so, do you feel like you got, um, you know, you were selected to be in the program, the training program for the marketing? Right? Is that what? Okay. So, do you feel? Well, I can see from everything that you've done. <laughs> um, did you feel like you got really good training? I mean, it helped you. Oh yeah. Well, uh, certainly. Uh, what uh, What's pretty much commonplace nowadays? You know, everything from premieres. You know, where you see the step and repeat behind and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, it, you know, uh, getting the media talking about your product. You know, the way they do. Um, and this is you know long before social media kicked in. But when you look back at that, Disney really was the creator of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were inventing the rules it like that it has become it, uh, commonplace. Mm-hmm. So the, the list goes on. And I, if I had more time, I'd tell you about mm-hmm. additional uh, what's next commercials. I did one when Mark McGuire hit his 60-second home run. Wow. And uh, mm-hmm. I uh, knew that Mark McGuire couldn't come down to uh, Disney the next day. But I convinced my boss, hey, let's go after the fan that catches the ball and bring the, oh, the fan yeah. down. Mm-hmm. Well, in that case, it was a groundskeeper. So we ended up – I had to charter a jet, and this is the risk associated with it wow. because I had to commit to the payment of that jet. Wow. If, if it didn't work out mm-hmm. and, you know, Dave Kuhnlein was flying back on the jet by himself, I, that would have been a problem. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I convinced the groundskeeper and his family to come down. And next thing you know, he was on Good Morning America, uh, Today Show, CBS This Morning, mm-hmm. wow. CNN. And we even had him a meet and greet uh, President Clinton, who was in Orlando that same day. Wow. So, and then we had to yeah. get him up to Letterman that night. Yeah. That's crazy. So. so so let's uh, switch gears here a minute. So mm-hmm. now you're an, an independent, um, like marketing well, coach. Yeah, would well, you say so? You what, consult. Yeah, right. Here's what I'm doing. Uh, I decided I two things. One, I need to do something that I'm really, really passionate about, and two, I need to make money. Mm-hmm. And in many cases, they 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 don't coincide. They align up, yeah. right? Yeah. Not right away. Yeah. So not that's true. Yeah. So I've been not waiting. Right I've been waiting to figure out a way to uh, see that they co- coincide, but it's taking too much time. So I decided, um, you know, I, I'm back. You know, living in Michigan, where I've missed, and I've always wanted to come back to Michigan. But you know, you can tell from the experiences that I've had and the companies that I've worked for. You know, whether it's being director of U.S. marketing at Toys R Us or uh, vice president of marketing for Commerce Bank, uh, which is a large bank out on the East Coast uh, that was eventually sold to TD for $8.5 billion. Wow. Mm. 
So <laughs> when, uh, you know, I, I've had this desire to come home, but it never really aligned because it's a matter of finding a job in mm-hmm. Detroit uh, that's willing to pay you that kind of money that you're used to. Yep. So I decided that uh, what I'm going to do now, I'm, you know, grateful that I'm home. I don't have the expense of having to, uh, you know, pay the taxes, property mm-hmm. taxes that I was paying out when I was living in New Jersey. And uh, my boys are in college. And, uh, you know, so what I'm doing now is finding a way that I can make the money, you know, just to pay the bills and do that type of thing, but also help out where I can from Mm -hmm. a marketing standpoint. So if I can, you know, there are a lot of upstarts here in Detroit um, that, uh, you know, uh, need some marketing support. I'm not going to say, hey, I'm going to, you know, create that magic form. Mm -hmm. But if I can help in any way, um, I certainly would like to do that. Well, Uh, with your experience, they'd be lucky to anybody. What what are some of the biggest mistakes, do you think, um, from us watching a startup uh, in terms of marketing? Because I... I think that always seems to be sort of the last thing that business owners think about. That's true. Uh, And I would say um, to make sure, I mean, I can tell you that I'm probably more qualified to answer that question because I watch Shark Tank. (laughs) (laughs) I love Shark Tank. So even though I've got 35 years marketing experience, Uh you know, reality is I I learn a lot from just seeing that. Yeah. People get locked into their uh, business model Mm -hmm. and they're not thinking the the best way, you know, might be just selling the technology Mm -hmm. and taking their money and running or figuring out a way to partner with somebody else, that type of thing. Do you you think that uh, most businesses that fail, fail because they didn't have a good model, a good idea, or they never had the right marketing plan to launch it? Good question. Um, I, I think that uh, in many cases, there are so many marketing levers, uh, and I've only talked a few so far. And I think it's a matter of understanding, you know, which levers to pull. And I think in some cases, a lot of people rely too heavily on just social media. Right. Thinking, mm-hmm. oh, my God, social media is going to drive my business. Mm-hmm. And it, it takes more than that, you know, because. What you, else does it take? Well, it it really depends on the product, but for one, you've got to be so excited about it, enthusiastic about it. You know, it's sort of like how we all sparked when we met because mm-hmm. I just knew that you guys are, you know, so A passionate great brand. about it. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> no doubt, no doubt about it. So it takes that, but you know, being able to also, uh, you know, leverage, uh, you know, if it makes sense to, you know, rifle shot as I call it, you know. Certain companies, whether it's if you're a B2B brand, business to business, Mm -hmm. you know, that you're targeting going to those trade shows or, you know, uh, not expecting just to do a shotgun e-blast out there and expect that, oh, that's going to work. You know, you got to be very, very precise in who you're targeting and when. So from that standpoint, uh, you know, in my experience working for retail and hospitality companies and everything, you got to know what opportunities exist that are out there, you know? What What about for musicians and artists and stuff like that? I mean, how do they market themselves? And Because, you know, it is about social media for them. Right. But a lot of the things that, like I listened to a Don Miller story branding podcast. I don't know if mm. you've ever heard that before. Is that the one out of St. Louis? He's or? out of Nashville, actually. Oh, Nashville. Okay, right. Right. Yeah, and it's it's a really good, but he's always talking about it. Really, is about creating the story. It's not about 
promoting right. your brand or your music, but it's the story that you create that connects. So true. And, uh, you know, the, the key there is being able to have an opportunity to tell the story. So, you know, you buy one ad, you may not be able to tell it. Mm-hmm. Right. But by, you know, um, creating that relationship through social media or, a, a, you know, writing a blog of some sort where you can tell more. You know, just since we connected on Facebook, for instance, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like we know each other so much more seeing what each other's up to. Mm-hmm. And it's not just, you know, talking for 15 minutes and saying that's the end of the story, right, you know, right. but it just seeing what each other's up to and that type of thing. It's the same thing with a brand. You know, you got to mm-hmm. constantly go after it and look for those opportunities. You know, uh, if you remember like. Uh, Oreo cookies. Uh, of course, you guys didn't watch the commercials or anything. But, um, <laughs> she, she probably did. <laughs> several years back, you know, during the Super Bowl, <laughs> there was a blackout. Uh, and uh, the, oh. the blackout took place. I want to say it was like 20, 25 minutes where the game actually came to a halt. Mm-hmm. So uh, oh, really? the team. I think I remember yeah, that. Yeah. So somebody sharp thinking on the Oreos marketing team uh, decided to put out a social media uh, post that said, you know, you can you can still dunk in the dark. Mm. And uh, they showed an Oreo cookie. That's and, brilliant. It is. And believe it, you know, it was just retweeted around the world millions of times, mm-hmm. and it became a sensation. Wow. See, that's what I'm saying. Don't you think that, that just to be—that's why I was saying about Bewitched. You know, it looks so exciting. Like you just you get like one little phrase or one little you know, and it takes yeah. off, and you're like exactly. Hey, but it's got to be that right little phrase, <laughs> and it has to right. be that right little phrase. But I think if like you, I, I see the passion. You know, and what you do, and you love what you do, and then you you're a quick thinker too. So yeah. I mean, that's kind of part of it too. Mm-hmm. So. Talk right. about the phrase, you know, and what uh, how you position something and the difference you can make. I was uh, working uh, with uh, Applebee's, and uh, I was working for a, a large franchisee out on the East Coast that. Uh, own 61 Applebee's restaurants and they own like 35 Panera. Wow. So it was a, a good family owned company, mm-hmm. uh, doing about 350 million a year in sales. Wow. And, uh, at the time, uh, you know, the, the two for 20 menu, mm-hmm. uh, was very popular and, uh, the recession was in full swing at that point. We wanted to continue the two for 20, but we couldn't necessarily keep the items on there at just $20. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we had upgrades. Mm-hmm. So there was a, on the menu, it said upgrade to a seven ounce. Uh, I'm sorry. It was a seven ounce steak and you could say upgrade to a nine ounce steak for $2 more. Well, I was talking to one of the other franchisees and uh, she informed me that the nine ounce cut is actually a much better cut than the seven ounce mm-hmm. because where it is actually um, butchered, mm-hmm. it's a higher quality beef. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, if that's the case, we're selling it all wrong mm-hmm. because we're basing it off of size. Mm-hmm. So we're saying, okay, upgrade to a nine ounce for $2 more. Uh, I added two words because this just frustrated me. Mm-hmm. So I added two words and that was upgrade to a steakhouse cut. Oh, so, wow. Mm. That know, changes said, everything. Right. Yeah, it does. Exactly. So yeah. upgrade to a nine ounce steakhouse cut, $2 more. Mm-hmm. Wow. And uh, those two words with 61 restaurants actually uh, contributed $130,000 wow. in gross sales that year. Wow. So to Just your point. Just a couple words. Yeah. That's what I'm right. saying. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. 
That's yeah. amazing. Oh, that is amazing. Right. But so, then, but you he you sat down and you were like, okay, this this is really you know really bothering me. <laughs> right. So it's, it, it, just... it's all about positioning. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah no doubt. Yeah. So, somebody who's listening right now and needs some help, can they contact you? Or are you sure ready to? Um, do some consulting and sure. Okay. And is there any type of business you won't work with? Or, I mean, do you specialize in certain things? Or? I, I, I really believe that I could add value to just about any mm-hmm. company or brand. Okay. However, if I can't, I'll let you know. Okay. You know, so uh, what do you do first? That's you the do reality. Consultation. See. Yeah. And if I can, but I'm the type of person that if I walk into a restaurant and um, order my lunch and I'm looking around and I'm mm-hmm. going, wait a minute, why do they have the coupons on the counter right now? Um, those coupons should be outside of the store because they're just giving away the discount mm-hmm. right here. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, you know, I might say to the owner, you know, just, you know, you may want to just hold off on those coupons here and distribute them outside or utilize them as bounce backs. So right. Keep, keep them under the counter and say, hey, when you come back, right. utilize this coupon. But see, that's the funny thing because just like hairstylists, like the first thing we see is like, look at her hair. So I'm sure you go into anywhere and you're right. like, oh, look at that's that advertising. Wrong. <laughs> yeah, they should have did that. You know? <laughs> oh, no, don't look at my hair. <laughs> yeah, but at any rate, uh, there are two ways to get a hold of me. Uh, yes, go my, ahead. My email is just my last name at Gmail. Can you uh, spell it? K U H. And as a Nancy, L E I N as a Nancy at gmail.com. Perfect. And uh, my phone number, uh, you could text me or uh, call uh, area code 313 520 All right, great. Well, thank you. We thank are you. out of time. Know. We could sit and talk for another three I know. hours. I know. Like, I haven't I know. even gotten any of my questions. I know. I know. I like, didn't even get half of mine, but that's okay. We got a lot. It, I it know. Is, it's some amazing yeah, stories. We, we actually yeah. need to have you have back, Dave. Notes, That'd be great. So kind of so yeah. We need to have you back because... You know, it really, I mean, there's so many people with great ideas and yeah. we know we're business owners too. And yeah. I, it's, I'm going to go, you know, there's like, a, there's right a now. secret. Uh-huh. There, there are people that specialize. What What's the percentage that you guys recommend that business owners should allow for marketing and advertising? Is it 3%, 5% that's of money sales? Or time? Oh, no, no, no. Sales? Okay. Sales. Yeah. You know, that's a tough question. It really depends it on depends. the industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I would say you, you wouldn't want to lock into that number. Mm-hmm. I can tell you uh when i was a chief marketing officer uh for la weight loss um although you look at me and you realize i was probably a better marketer than i was a client but (laughs) (laughs) but uh, at any rate uh with la weight loss uh the acquisition costs were extremely high Mm -hmm. uh but you'd never know. You have to be out there marketing all the time because you never know what's going to trigger that woman or man to say, you know, today's the day that I want to do something about it. Right. So there are a lot of costs associated with that. But then there's important ways to track. And, you know, when the phone number would run on the during the television commercial, we'd be able to attribute it that to that specific television show. That yeah. was Dr. Oz, you know, and it ran at three o'clock in wow. Columbus, Ohio. All right. Well, thank you so much, Dave, for being here. We are going to get you back on this year sometime. Yes. We're booked through June. Yep. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, we're excited about that. That's great. Well, thank you for having me. No, thank you. But we enjoyed you. Guess what? Yep. We have to. This oh, is how we, we project our future. Right, right. Toss the cookies. Toss the cookies here. Gotta make sure I got enough cookies in my hands. Okay, so whatever way the prongs face. Oh, this one's definitely yours. Okay. Yep. This one's mine. This one's J Dub's. And. This one here is just because. All right. 
So now, I remember I ordered Chinese for lunch one day, and, uh-huh. it, and it came, and it was a sealed fortune cookie bag, but there was no cookie in it. <laughs> so oh, I wasn't cool. sure. That is, is that good? Is there that was no cookie good luck or, or no bad fortune. luck? There no, was cookie. A, no cookie. There's no cookie. <laughs> there was no cookie. Right. <laughs> So is that good luck or bad luck? I couldn't it's, figure it how out. How do you want to look at <laughs> right, it? Right. Let's look at you it think? as good luck. Right? I looked at it as good luck. <laughs> create, you go. create your own fortune. There, you yeah. got that right. Okay. Go ahead, Rock. Let's start with All you. Righty. Um, you will be fortunate in the opportunities presented to you. How do you want to end that? In bed. With no cookie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go ahead, Jess. Uh, look, good fortune is around you in bed. Mm. Mm. You will enjoy good health in bed. <laughs> Ooh, oh, that's interesting. Good luck is bestowed upon you. You will get what your heart desires in bed. No cookie. In bed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave. Okay. Our superhero. Uh, you will travel far and wide for both pleasure and business. Mm. In bed. In bed. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Scary, scary thought. But <laughs> I'll take right. it. Right. Well, we're going to close. The, what are we closing the show with? What song is um, We have a Rocky song. Rocky Before I Die by Rocky today. Yeah. But. But sometimes the only mode of transportation available is the leap of faith. Thanks for taking a leap of faith with us and happy hump day. Happy hump day. Happy hump day. We're going to close it out with Rocky singing Before I Die.